Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're a couple of best friends and credentialed Clipper media people who bring you Locked on Clippers five days a week. Hell yeah. You can check us out every morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time. But hey, mm-hmm. enough about that. Let's get into this victory. <laughs> yeah. Feels good to get a dub in the books after an absolute shellacking from the Mavericks, but we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to be talking about this 124 to 101 win over the Timberwolves. A lot of great stuff there. It was great to see the spark of the second unit. Uh, So we're going to talk about all that, what we liked, what we didn't like, and our key takeaways. And then in segment two, we're going to be giving you a preview of the upcoming back-to-back, which is Clippers versus Blazers. Excited for that one. A little worried as well. Uh, And then we're going to be wrapping things up with shavings. Uh, Most notably, the Clippers are not going to be picking up fees third-year options. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, And also there's some sad news around uh, the home country of Avica Zubat. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so the Clippers got it done in their home opener uh, over uh, at Staples, which is great. Uh, 124-101 win over the Wolves. No Kawhi, no Marcus Morris. I'm a little less worried about Kawhi than I am about Marcus Morris, but we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about the Blazers game. But, man, what a great way to come back, like you said, from what happened um, on Sunday. This game started off kind of rough <laughs> for the Clippers. I think there was a bit of, like, some deja vu, just a tiny bit from Sunday, still fresh in people's minds. Yeah, um, we could talk about that and what we didn't like. But let's <laughs> let's kick things off on a, on a positive note, what we liked about this game. Which was, I mean, Lou Williams. Like, Paul George played great. We're going to talk about him second, but... Lou Will was subbed in um, when things weren't going very well and just immediately started lighting it up. Yeah. Um, the the it second was unit. So great to see. This, the second unit overall was like the key to this victory. Um, there, was a, there was an ATO that Ty Lou drew up at a certain point uh, and it, it got surged to the line. Lou was immediately subbed in. Uh, Lou got to the line, I think, two times, like within his first couple of minutes on the floor. PG started to get a little bit aggressive downhill. Uh, and then Zoo off the bench just ignited Ooh, this defense. Dude. Um, he was finally the rim deterrent that we needed. We we were unable to kind of let them get to their spots inside the paint early on. But Zoo lit it up. 12-4, uh, three blocks. So... Incredible, incredible. Uh, Lou ended up yeah. getting us our first lead, and it was pretty much the Lou and Zoo show from there on out. Um, the big thing, we talked about this in the game preview, was just we started getting just simple actions to get open looks, yep. uh, and it completely collapsed the defense. And what do you know? Almost everybody who had had some <laughs> difficulty shooting from three saw some shots go in tonight. Uh, it was great to see all around. Yeah, the ball movement was crazy. We had 32 assists, five guys with at least four assists, seven guys with at least three assists. Um, it was a very shared ball movement tonight, which was great. Uh, Lou, yeah, he was 7-11 from the floor, so he was efficient too. So this was peak Lou. Like, this was peak regular season Clippers, which was great to see. Um, Batum Battalion having a good start to the week. Uh, he had seven boards. Uh, excuse me, seven points, five boards, three assists. And he did a bunch of little things that kind of reminded me 
of what we were afraid we were going to be missing from when Jamichael Green was gone. Like Batum, yeah, but he didn't in have a turnover. Be in the right spot quota. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have travel he, uh, from a he, he didn't have a travel. And then I think tonight was this was Serge Ibaka's best game in a Clipper uniform. The dude was absurd. Eighteen points, eight board or sixteen points, eight boards, four assists in twenty-one minutes. He was. I mean, the guy was a vacuum. He was finishing everything, yeah. even remotely around the rim. He looked so bouncy. Yeah, he looked so yeah. damn bouncy above the rim. Uh, he was key in rebounding. Uh, the defense did pick up. It. It did struggle, I felt, a little bit early, but we can talk about that later. But, yeah, Surge, wow, huge coming out party. Looked incredible. Such an upgrade overall for the Clippers. Um, Pat Bev yeah. also got it, got his thing going. He was 4 of 4 at one point. Gotta give credit where it's due. <laughs> uh, ended up missing one single shot. Uh, there was kind of a bad sequence that was spurned by, like, he could not get a foul. He, like, back-to-back uh, t- yeah. like, took it to the rim and took a lot of contact but could not get the foul. It led to a slight lapse on the defensive end, but luckily he locked back in, uh, and it was no problem. Ended up finishing, yeah, like 80% from the floor uh, beyond the arc. So it, it was great. And only two fouls, which I think was fantastic. Speaking of someone else who used to foul a bunch, uh, Luke Kennard started this game in place of Kawhi Leonard, went six of nine overall, three of four from beyond the arc. Uh, he looked, you know, that's exactly what you wanted to see um, for all of us, I think, in terms of just him getting back on track. Terrence Mann looked way better than he previously looked, like a million times better than the game on Sunday. Um, had a no-look pass to Kennard, which honestly surprised the hell out of me. Had a block, a steal, four boards, three assists. Was playing a little more aggressively, kind of just loose. But overall, there was so much to like in this game. Um, the team looked I mean, like they wanted to avenge a little bit of what happened <laughs> on Sunday. But what what we didn't like really, there's not a whole lot to this game um, for what we didn't like. But the game started off slow. We were down nine early, and the defense was in danger of looking kind of brunch massacre-esque. Yeah, absolutely. The interior defense was so soft. Like Minnesota was getting to the exact type of shots that they wanted. I mean, Ricky Rubio had you blinked your eyes and Ricky Rubio had like 10 points uh, and a couple of threes for sure. Yeah. But a lot of it was just guys being able to get to easy spots, um, easy looks at the rim. And I got to be honest, like the point PG experiment looked a little bit poor to start. Uh, I thought that I think that maybe he was a little in his own head. He was kind of forcing things early on. There was not a lot of ball movement. Uh, you know, there was like some horrifying flashbacks to like some dock time where there was a bunch of there was like some pointless driving kicks to secondary drives where like the ball still yeah. was sticking uh, and nothing was really happening. And also, I mean, like I'm not gonna bag on him because he did, which still is have- crazy. Oh, yeah, go yeah, for I was going to say he had 18, 6, and 5, which is what's so nuts. It's like he still ended with such a like impactful stat line. But, yeah, dude, the beginning of this game, it was like this could be a long night. So this is going to come back up in our preview of the next game, which is why I'm just going to lead it off now. The guy needs to seriously <laughs> think about his shot selection. Like there were times where he was driving into the paint and like just settling for a jumper instead of looking for the contact or looking for an open teammate. Yeah. Um, there were just points that were like really puzzling. And like I said, I think that part of it was just he's trying to bounce. He's you know he's trying to lead the team. He's trying to bounce back from a horrific loss. There's no Kawhi out there. 
Um, and I just think maybe he felt the pressure, but they, they need to game plan for that. Like he needs to respond to that pressure in a completely different way. Um, <laughs> because the opening was not a promising look to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And thankfully, I mean, that's, you know, thankfully he turned around. We let D'Angelo Russell do his thing a little bit. He ended with 22. Um, he had a pull up three that had me a little worried, but they couldn't do much outside of that. I'm the fine Wolves with the pull up threes. shot 41%. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I just, in terms of a spark, because he's a guy who, he sees one go and it's over. Um, held the Wolves a 41% shooting, though, from the field, so it's like, there, there's not a whole lot to be mad in this one. They were shorthanded. We took care of business. I think in terms of key takeaways, we have an early contender for peak second option lineup, which maybe just looked great tonight because things were hot, but there was a lineup that was Pat Bev, Lou Williams, Paul George, Batum, and Serge. And this lineup was just kind of everywhere on both sides of the ball tonight. Um, kind of when things really started to open up for the Clippers, the ball movement was really good. The length is there. And you have such good defenders out there that, you know, Lou Will can get sought out for sure, but there's still surges in the paint. But, to, you know, uh, PG's there to help. Like, this is a really exciting and promising lineup for the Clips. Yeah, 100%. My key takeaway is just when the ball sticks, the arguments for the Clippers don't have a real point guard become very loud. Um, it, it, yeah. it It's just essential to keep it moving. And even when things aren't, like, seemingly working or we're down a little bit of def- a deficit early, you got to still trust in the pass uh, and you got to still try and make that go because, uh, damn, it, the offense does not look good <laughs> when it's sticking. For sure. Uh, but, hey, we're hoping for more of the same from this game uh, in the game against the Blazers, which will be the night that you're listening to this. Coming up, we're going to be go ahead and previewing that. But first, got to give a shout-out to betonline.ag. Uh, hope you've been ready for football. Uh, the NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. Hoping my Dolphins can take care of the Bills. Bills, I think, are probably going to be sitting their starters on that, so look out for the Dolphins. Uh, on the money line and on the spread for that one. There's only one place it has you covered and one place we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There's a lot of blowouts this season so far in the NBA. Seems like spreads haven't quite caught caught up yet. Take that information and do with it what you will. Uh, Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, so we're back, and we're talking the second game of the doubleheader back-to-back. We're talking Clippers versus Blazers. Uh, where do you want to lead us off, Chuck? Well, so I mean, so the Blazers sit. They're 2-1 and one, uh, with a big win over the Lakers in their last matchup where they targeted Trez when the game was late, which we've seen before. There's going to be no Zach Collins for this one. Not entirely sure about Kawhi and Morris. Like we said a little bit earlier, it seems like Kawhi is closer to playing just because I feel like mouth laceration healing is maybe a little more definite than kind of the knee soreness issue. Um, I'm assuming Paul George is going to play because he looked fresh, didn't have to play too much um, against the Wolves. But I don't know. What do you? What do we got to do well on this one? I'm a little concerned about this one, just because the, so, the Blazers obviously have had the rest. Yeah, to us. I mean, here's the thing: like, defense is going to win us this game. We need to play physically. Uh, the Lakers were really successful against this team when they played with a lot of physicality. They brought it on both ends of the floor. If we have Kawhi back, obviously that'll be huge on the offensive end. But it's going to be a team defensive effort uh, on the other end of the floor. 
Um, like you said in the preview, like the game was lost for the Lakers uh, with a weaker rim deterrent. So I think that we might see uh, Zoo in some closing minutes in this one, just sort of depending nice. on how things are looking. Uh, but yeah, th- this game is going to be won or lost by our defense, I think. Um, a- another thing, we have to continue this trend of, of ball movement. Uh, the Blazers are not a defensive team. Uh, the thing is, <laughs> when you have to hide, uh, when you I, and I feel like I'm being generous here, when you have to hide two-fifths of your starting lineup on defense, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot to break that down. Uh, so they generally, they generally hide CJ and Dame sort of in between the key and the corner, and some really simple actions are going to set this whole like deck of cards or house of cards just tumbling apart um it's gonna house of lies house of lies yeah and if you you know <laughs> if you follow that up uh you know with simple actions and a lot of physicality driving to the paint um i i really think that they are going to have trouble stopping this team Another thing, you know, that lends to your point for the defense is capitalizing on turnovers. Uh, the Blazers are only averaging 10 turnovers a game right now. And since this is our second night of a back-to-back, if we can cash in on those kind of limited, easy opportunities, we'll have a better shot. The transition play was a little rough against the uh, Wolves, mostly because of some Reggie Jackson drives, which is something we forgot to talk about. But still, it could make things, you know, a hair simpler for the team that's going to be tired. Uh, in terms of of what could go wrong i think a lot of that stems from the interior defense basically not being locked in from the very beginning of this game right like that's got to be on point right from the start oh yeah definitely 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 uh that and i'm a little bit worried about the bench gary trent jr can just become a flamethrower at any moment uh, happened in that Lakers yes. game. We're gonna have to manage. We're gonna have to manage rotations intelligently to make sure that there is defensively someone on the floor to mitigate that. Um, luckily, you know, if you can get that bench into a lot of pick and roll actions, uh, you know, can't play Cantor will be out there, so it will be pretty easy to uh, to get to the rim there on just some just some simple pick and roll, which obviously has been the bread and butter of this second unit. Uh, but another thing that could go wrong is like, man, I, I'm looking at PG to have a have a smarter <laughs> shot selection in this one, and it's going to be especially essential. Uh, if Kawhi doesn't play, like he's going to need to get to the line uh, to win this one. We're going to need another strong scoring performance. Uh, and he's more than capable of delivering it. I put this kind of pressure on the guy because he's capable Absolutely. of shouldering it. Uh, but yeah, uh, what else do you think could go wrong on this one? You got anything else? I mean, the outside shooting could just catch fire as it kind of has been for the Blazers. Uh, McCollum's averaging 12 three-pointers a game and hitting 43% of them. Dame is averaging 10 and hitting 37%. Look, the interior defense just has to be there um, right from the start. And, I mean, in terms of team defense – or in terms of key matchups, excuse me, team defense versus their guards is just going to be big. Um, And then we talked about, you know, kind of how they're – their defense is very, they're not a defensive team, but the combination of Kawhi and PG versus Robert Covington, because they're going to be looking to get him on one of two of those guys, because no one else can really deal with, um, you know, our wings over in Portland. Uh, but, you know, you never know. That might pose, if one of these guys aren't hot, which goes back to your Paul George and the shot selection thing, like Paul George, if, we, if the distribution isn't there and the turnovers are still going rough or still going bad, like this could be kind of a poor way to start the game. Um, and the turnovers have not improved for Paul George. 
<laughs> I know. So we can't have them happen. Um, and Robert Covington is a player who was wanted by Clippers fans, which means he's either going to lock up our number one guy or shoot 60% from beyond the arc just to make us feel bad. Got it. Got, he's got to do it to him. Uh, another matchup I'm looking at is Kennard versus Trent. And let me preface this. Not in any sort of defensive or actual one-on-one matchup. I just think that whichever of these two players has the better highlights, that team is probably going to win this game. <laughs> That's a really good metric to go by. How many uh, Yeah, how many uh, solid highlights can we get? Um, Reggie was the victim of a few highlights. I think another thing that could go wrong... I mean, it's just Tyloo in rotations. Tyloo might be experimenting more on a back-to-back because guys might be tired, so he might try and see some new things. Maybe Terrence Mann earns some more playing time um, and stuff like that. But I'd like to see I'd like to see Paul George not play an entire defense. first quarter. Oh, that's a really good call. That's how's that, that a for a cra- trend? Maybe that's starting. Do you think? How's yeah. that for a crazy rotation? He played twelve minutes in that Mavs game, and then <laughs> in that second quarter was when it was blown wide open because he couldn't go out into the floor until the end of the quarter. Uh, and then tonight he didn't get taken out until the ten thirty yeah. mark. Uh, anyways, whatever. I I can we can rant about this another time, but um, that could be a no. I, I would like him to not too. play it an entire quarter. Yes. That's a good call. So prediction-wise, how do you see this game going for the Clippers? I think if we win, it's going to be a close-fought victory. I think that we might end up taking the loss on this one. They're a motivated. This is a motivated Portland team um, oh. who's had more time off than us. Uh, so I, I think that we might drop this one, uh, but I would love nothing more than than to keep <laughs> than, than to keep this win streak going. That's fair. I think the Clippers, I think I ho- I'm hoping Kawhi comes back. If Kawhi comes back, I think we got this one. Um, if not, I think it could be a little rougher than we want it to be. But I, I, I don't think we see Morris for this one. I don't think there's any reason he would play in this one. I kind of hope they sit him out just to keep it safe. Uh, but I think the Clippers got this one. I think they'll, I think they'll win by four. I think it's going to be dangerously close, kind of like you think too. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking Fee's third option, and then uh, just a quick check-in uh, with Avita Zubats' home country. But first, Will, talk to me about these uh, Built Go energy gels that I keep hearing so much about. Oh, man, I have to. Built Go energy gel is the best energy gel on the market. It's made to help you break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. You can break through it with Built Go every day. It comes in easy-to-take 1.5-ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcases for the most focused presentation ever. Uh, You can put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or just put it in your pocket to help you go throughout the day. Uh, Built Go, once again, is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like a monster with half the caffeine, a third of the caffeine, actually, and better results. How does it work so well, you're probably wondering. Well, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein, so it gets into your system fast, plus it's easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, Built Go kicks in to keep you going all day strong. The collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. And we have a special offer right now for our listeners. If you go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Okay, welcome to Shavings. 
Uh, big kind of a bummer way to end this episode, actually. Um, it was reported today that the Clippers are not picking up Fiondu Cabangeli's third-year option, which, you know, makes sense. He hasn't looked that strong in a Clippers uniform for the, the A-League team. But it's pretty rare to have your third-year option declined, right? Like, Rome got his picked up. Um, usually the third option, it's not very much money. Like, I mean, we traded up for fee. Like, this sucks kind of all around, right? And he didn't look very – he looked really bad in the Timberwolves game tonight. Yeah, I mean, overall, this is poor asset management by the Clippers. Um it, it's a rough break, but the thing is, uh, you gamble on the draft, uh, and this was not a gamble that panned out. Uh, I, I would like for it to pan <laughs> oh, out. Very costly, maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I I would have liked for it to pan out, but I mean, as we saw tonight, Fee just really isn't even up to the challenge of playing against like third string kind of bottom of the bench guys. Uh, and I hope that that can change, you know, maybe he can do a year or two overseas or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure what it's going to take, but I mean, he's just not. And his development was Um, so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way they, I just don't think that he's a year away. (laughs) No, definitely not. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like the way that they tried to develop fee was so weird. There was this running joke that he just always has the green light to shoot. And you're like, okay, he's like an okay shooter, so he's probably going to put up like kind of bad numbers when he first comes into the league because he's just okay playing against NBA competition. And like, even when he would come in for the Clippers, it was just like, oh, just heave shots up. And now it's like, well, we're not picking up your third option. And it's like, well, what did you want him to do to show that he was going to get the third option last year? Like, shoot 36% from three or some weird thing? Like, the team put him in kind of a weird spot. Um, for like development wise, because it was just literally uh, just like, hey, go ahead and out there and chuck it. <laughs> look, man, I, I don't think that you're wrong, but I, I just think that the development, I, I think they've seen what they've seen through practices and through the development. I mean, oh, there was a agreed. reason. agreed. Yeah. There was a reason he wasn't on the roster to even go to the bubble, um, you know, and it, it's a bummer. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, some guys are just kind of further away and fee was going to be in a tough spot. Like he was a huge gamble to begin with just being sort of a smaller size guy who is really better off playing like the three or the four, but has, you know, mostly his skill set has been around playing the five. Um, and he's just not physically there to play that position in the NBA. So, uh, you know, it was always going to be a gamble. Um, and it's a bummer to, you know, both lose the asset and have lost an additional asset uh, to get it. But, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, we're hoping the drafting decisions get better. Literally, we've we've only gotten Shea right. And we got him really right, which was good. Uh, but this front office, this current front office has had some questionable moves. And it's not the misses. It's the moving up to miss is what's so hard. Yeah, um, so so those are those are definitely all in the Wolves game. Talk about he looked what? pretty good. Did we talk about how good Ochiru looked in the uh, the first segment? Because he looked he was a bit of a bright spot in terms of a guy who kind of surprised me a little bit actually. We did not talk about Ochiru, but uh, I got to agree with you. I thought that um, he, man, he he looks to be learning every time he's on the floor. Uh, so that's definitely solid. Uh, there was a lot <laughs> in of a cring- good way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, there was just some really cringy moments kind of early on. 
uh, for him. But I, apparently, like, he watches, like, all he does is, like, watch games. Um, you know, both film from games that he's played Love in, it. as well as like he's just into watching like classic NBA games and stuff. Uh, like as far back as like '80s Celtics nice. and stuff like that. So, um, I, I think that that's a great sign. I mean, he clearly has a devotion to the to the game, physicality wise. I think that he's definitely going to get there. I mean, he has a huge frame, uh, and the touch looked very nice tonight. I mean, that's the thing that I kind of worry about. Uh, with, you know, big men kind of For figuring sure. out their spot is how soon can you kind of uh, develop that sort of finishing, um, uh, you know, especially especially just because I got to be honest, like most <laughs> most centers defensively when they come into the league, like it takes development time. Like they're just not – most of them aren't yeah. that good. <laughs> yeah, he's hopefully going to be getting some of that in these more blowouts because it's nice to see he's already getting time. I feel like there's more young guys getting time. Um sooner than even with uh when doc was coach which is good i've got to end uh just you know sending our heartfelt uh just good vibes and hoping everyone can be safe and as they can uh avica zubat's home country of croatia just got hit with a 6.3 magnitude earthquake near zagreb which is brutal um he said tonight he was kind of playing with the weight of the country um you know just on his shoulders uh and sharing that burden so hearts out to everyone over there we hope uh you know we hope everyone can be as safe as they can and you know, 2020 is almost over, so let's get him out of here. Uh, Thursday's episode, we're going to have a recap of the hopeful victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Thirsty Thursday, where we might switch it up this week and have a poll on Twitter since we missed it on Wednesday. Then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Well, where can these people tell their family that they should be listening to us? Uh, you should tell your family that they should be listening to us on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. Uh, you can tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. If you haven't already, please subscribe. As I said up top, we come at you every morning, 7 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, would love to oh, have yeah. you on this uh, on this journey uh, as, the Clipp- as the Clippers continue this season. <laughs> 100%. Uh, I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.